Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hello and welcome to Real Crime Profile. This is Jim Clementi, retired FBI profiler and former New York City prosecutor, and I'm back in the studio with Laura Richards, a criminal behavioral analyst, former New Scotland Yard, and founder and director of Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service. And Lisa Zambetti, casting director for Criminal Minds and Beyond Borders. And I feel like we need like a cheer from the crowd. <laughs> we have missed you so much, you guys. Well, we have missed Real Crime Profile and you, Lisa. We've been on the road, though, working very, very diligently. We have. It's been pretty nonstop and a bit of a whirlwind. So it's good to be back in L.A. and good to be back in the studio with the team. Absolutely. So Laura and I have been doing a major reinvestigation. Um, It has brought us to a number of different states and we've run around and done a lot of really intensive and exciting work. Um, It's been pretty much 24-7, as would any... (laughs) Yeah, major case or reinvestigation B. So it's really taken over our lives. It's yeah. like really a brutal schedule. I it, mean, uh, it really has been. And what we had to do was engage a number of uh, retired um, former uh, agents who we have worked with in the past, and um, and also some some other uh, resources that so that we could actually do a, an actual reinvestigation. So I know we're being very protective over this because you can't really talk very much about it, but it's something that the public will be able to. Absolutely. I mean, it's just, you know, super under wraps at the moment. Um, Right. But we will be talking a lot more about it very, very very soon. Yeah. So we're excited by it. And certainly were some real twists and turns that I think, you know, Jim C and I approached it knowing quite a lot about what had gone on, but we certainly discovered many new things along much, the way. You did. Much more than we expected. So it surprised you what you... Absolutely. There were things that we thought we knew. There were things that people in the general public think they know, mm-hmm. but we're going to change everything. 
Absolutely. I mean, it, it is a case that people do remember mm-hmm. and they do think they know something about it. But actually, I think there's been so so much misinformation and disinformation and misdirection that it's uh, going to be one that I think will surprise a lot of people. So we're excited by it. It's nice to have our lives back and <laughs> to uh, be focusing on something slightly different, albeit it's crime related of right. you know what we continue to go on to do. But yeah, and we met a lot of uh, fantastic people along the way too. Yeah, definitely. So um, we can't talk about it really anymore now, but we will shortly. We'll certainly uh, be bringing our loyal listeners at Real Crime Profile up to date very soon. That's right. And we will definitely give you the inside track on Absolutely. what's going on. No spoilers, though, but yeah, no. the inside track no, no, no. indeed, as we yeah. always like to do with our uh, dedicated listeners. Yes. So Lisa, yes. so Lisa, tell us... <laughs> What? What's been going on whilst <laughs> oh we've been away? <laughs> you guys, uh, my nerves are shot. If I didn't have red, uh, dyed red hair, it would be completely gray because <laughs> it was a lot of pressure and I had a lot to step up to. I mean, you guys do the heavy lifting, obviously. Um, we but- know you're up to it, though, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, we know you're you up go. to it. I mean, I... Gave you an opportunity to talk to my brother, Tim. Okay, what let's, more could you uh, ask oh for? And what about Bobby? Uh, yeah, and, let's walk it back to yeah. Bobby, who... And my husband understands this. I'm a little in love with Bobby. I have to admit. As well as Bob Ruff. Your <laughs> husband has some competition. Know, it's, it's the Bob thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Jim, um, I said, oh, my God, you guys, you're not going to be available. So who should I talk to? And Jim recommended Bobby Chacon, who these I got to tell you, these people just jumped in. They didn't know me from anything and they jumped in and they just were wonderful guests i mean well, bobby but they're fans so... of the podcast as well i, I know, know from talking know. to them on yeah. twitter and... but bobby and i you know obviously and my brother tim i mean we've there's a long-term relationship there yes and yes. allison Hope Weiner yeah. as well so so yeah bobby if you guys haven't listened yet to uh, those podcasts please go back and listen to bobby chacon's amazing fascinating uh podcast about aquatic forensics which i didn't even know was a thing. thing. A well, thing it is all. a thing. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Yeah. I know when I was in Washington, D.C., uh, for a time I was assigned to the cold case and major crime squad, and we did a reinvestigation of, I think it was 613 unsolved homicides in Washington, D.C. Now, that may not sound a lot like a lot to people across the United States and in cities like New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco or Chicago, but in Washington, D.C., which is a not even a state. It's not even a city. It is a district, and it's got a very small population, and they had 600-plus unsolved homicides. So we put a task force together, and we started solving those homicides, those cold case homicides. And I was lucky enough to be the first one to actually solve a cold case homicide. And part of the the investigation was to have to utilize – um, aquatic forensics in order to do some searches because they were, we had developed some information that the offender had thrown the gun away into mm-hmm. the Potomac River. And so we did a search of that and we, we used photography, we used sideways looking and downward looking sonar and it was amazing what they found at the bottom of the Potomac. It was unbelievable how much stuff and a, and a number of guns, by the way. Right, that's yeah. what yeah, he had said but, that, yeah. It was a wild twist in that case, and uh, one day we'll talk about it, but it turns out that I, about six years earlier, 
had actually been the one to find the murder weapon because I was a metal detector expert. I was called in without knowing anything about the case. And I'm interviewing the suspect who's in prison at this point. And he recognized me and he told me right away, I remember you. And I had no idea who he was because I didn't see him. But he was in handcuffs inside the house when I was searching the basement with a metal detector. And I found a number of long guns, a machine gun, which happened to be the murder weapon in this case, and a number of handguns buried in the basement. And so I had gotten the weapon six years before I started investigating the case. Oh, it was really a crazy turn. But it, he ended up confessing to me because he thought that I knew that he was the one that oh, did wow. it. And I had no idea. Can it you was tell just, us what the case is or what the crime was? Well, it was a murder of a young man in Washington, D.C. Who was, who was basically selling drugs for a bigger dealer. And this guy felt that the young man, um, who was still a teenager really, had basically crossed him and was selling on his turf. Mm. And so to make a point, what he did was he hid in the bushes with the submachine gun. And when the kid got came down the street, got into his car, he jumped out and he just unloaded on him, mm. shot him a number of times, dozens of times. The thing was that the, the thing that broke the case was the fact that I went back years later, tracked down the people who had moved away from the neighborhood and they were less afraid of talking about what had happened. So I was able to follow leads. I ended up having to put a family into the witness protection program because there was an eyewitness. I did put the family into the witness protection program. They ended up testifying, and he was convicted. Wow. He actually he, they, he testified in the grand jury, and because of that testimony, he ended up pleading guilty and admitting the crime. Wow. Well, fascinating, Jim yeah. C. With a bit of time and distance, things change and loyalties change and people That's sometimes right. feel they want to come forward. Sometimes they open up to you and they never have to anyone else in law enforcement before. And that's something that does help tend to solve cases that are cold. So you have to have the long view, it sounds like, in these cold cases. You have to be very patient and yeah. just don't give up. Well, yeah. and you create your own luck as well. As, as Jim said, sometimes you you know create that luck and you've got to go with it once you do. Yeah, and, and one of the keys to solving cold cases sometimes is to look at every single thread, every single lead, because you never know which one you pull on is going to unravel the whole the whole garment and the case falls apart, you know, or yeah. the the hiding by the offender falls apart and his behavior and offenses are revealed, his right. or her. So we were talking about Bobby and his aquatic forensics and because he was such a good guest, yeah. him and Bodie Elfman, I should say. Do you remember Bodie from when he was, he's Mr. Scratch? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, who, again, who I don't know why I thought of him, but I just called him and he's like, all right, I'm free. <laughs> and for people who, who may not know who Mr. Scratch is, he's a notorious serial offender that has, has it out for, for Agent Hotchner. And mm -hmm. he is definitely an intelligent and complicated serial killer. Yeah. And he's still out there, isn't he's he? He's still out there on, on uh -oh. loose. Yep. Um, but Bodhi came in. He was wonderful. And then, so then, yes, let's get to your bro. Yeah. Um, again, you said, go ahead, contact him. Now, I'd seen your brother, you know, but never really talked to him. But uh -huh. I've heard of him. Do you mean you'd seen him on CNN? 
No, he doesn't do CNN. Does yeah, he, he does, does CNN. CNN. He's seen him in Fox. No, I'd seen him in uh, the table read room where we read the scripts, right? Okay. But his reputation oh, on perceived- Beyond Borders. Yes. yes. And his- He's a writer on Beyond Borders. And he used to consult yeah. for the mothership, but I never sure. really knew him. But yeah. his reputation preceded him. And even Bobby was like, oh, you're going to talk to Tim? <laughs> <laughs> well, just so just to lay the foundation, I mean, people who haven't yeah, yeah. heard the, the episode yet, I mean, Tim is my younger brother. He was a police officer um, out of college and then became an FBI agent a few years after I did. And he worked some major international drug cartel cases um, in South America and Central America. And then he got more involved in counterterrorism. Um, he, in his first year in the FBI, which is very unheard of, became a SWAT member. But while he was in SWAT training, was then taken out of training and put into sniper training. Um, Why is that unheard of? What do you mean by that? Because typically you have to be in the FBI for two years before you can even try out for those teams. Mm -hmm. But because he had the police experience and he was exceptional in firearms, he became a SWAT training coordinator for Washington Field Office, which is one of the enhanced SWAT teams in the FBI. And he his squad did covered the crimes that were in. The Middle East and Africa, and so he was at the bombing of the coal. He was at the embassy bombings in Tanzania. He did three or four tours in Iraq um, with the FBI, and just some extremely high octane, amazing stuff. He is actually responsible for for turning the investigation of roadside improvised explosive devices from a military action to a police or FBI action so that he could shut down the actual operation. Mm -hmm. The military before Tim was just blowing up the guys who were planting the bombs instead of actually arresting them, interrogating them, find out where they got their money, where did they get their supplies, who was putting all this together, and then building a whole flow chart of everybody who was actually doing and, wow. and promoting these crimes. and. And actually enabling these people because you kill the guys who are doing it, two minutes later they hire somebody else. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Right. It doesn't stop the problem. So they took it all down and very shortly they were able to shut down that entire operation. And I mean it took a couple of years to do it completely, but he was very successful at that and he kept going back over and over again. So he's very dedicated. But he has a very different perspective on life than I do. Um, his was sort of, you know, street police work and and drug cartel work and counterterrorism work that was that's some pretty high octane stuff and um, and I kind of focused in my career on sort of the the mental aspect of criminals and and their behavior and learning how to interpret that behavior to try to prevent future mm -hmm. crimes and catching bad guys he did a lot of the really dangerous on the street undercover work with against cartels against terrorists and so forth. I mean, he put his life on the line. So exactly. I respect him tremendously Absolutely. for that. But we have, we couldn't be more divergent <laughs> yes. in terms of our perspective, our political stances, our read of a number of different things. And, but that doesn't mean I don't love him. I mean, he's my brother. And, and you, Clementes, are, you know, total underachievers in your <laughs> careers. Well, I mean, what I do you know. do in your we, spare time? <laughs> Time. Yeah. What is? I've heard of that thing called spare <laughs> yeah. time. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I think for me it's important because I do stand in different places than your brother. 
but it's important for me to understand why he stands where he does and mm. hear him. And and he was wonderful. He was very open, and I'm sure that he had certain assumptions about me too. You know, we all do. And it is important for me to share with him things about my personal life and where we all stand. And so that's what's important to me is, is the learning. And Laura talks about this all the time. What are we learning from each other about where we stand? Mm. And so it ended and up And how being, do we prevent things? That's yes, yes. And we, and we, most, share an we all in. do want the same things. We really do. We just look at them in a different way of how to solve them. So anyway, I was an honor to sit with him and Bobby held my hand and and was there to help me articulate things in a way so I didn't completely you know embarrass me just just for the listeners who didn't get to just see Lisa blush just then. <laughs> Jim and I enjoyed it so <laughs> Yeah, oh we God. enjoyed it very much. I am wildly in love with my husband, and everybody knows There's that. There's a disclaimer. But, um, and I'm sure Paul would be in love with these guys, too. Anyway. Um, anyway, so, so I'm yeah. glad that you got to meet Bobby Chacon and my brother Tim, and uh, and also I you had Allison in. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So another. Uh, so again, we I was scrambling at the last minute, who am I going to get? And you both recommended Allison, who... I had no idea. Allison Weiner is actually related to Matt Weiner, who, um, her brother. who created Mad Men. Yes, it's her Correct. brother. So again, there's this nexus of crime and t- television. Yeah. It was just very But Allison is an attorney, yep. and she's an investigative reporter, and she's interviewed some amazing people over yes. the course of her career. and Both on Media Mayhem and on Crime Time. Yes, and, and for news articles. Mm-hmm. So she's... She's accomplished a lot. She's very smart. She's very East Coast. Oh, she yeah. can speak a mile a minute yep. without even thinking about it. She's totally in command of everything that she talks about. She's really a comprehensive investigative reporter, and that's why we loved working with her. Absolutely, so. and a great host on Crime Time. Yes, um, we did talk about that. Um, yeah, I have to agree with you guys. She's just so smart. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have a pause there and take a break and hear something from our sponsor. But when we come back, we're going to do more catch up with Jim and Laura. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation 
and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. And we're back from our break. But the biggest get, I thought, and this took a long time to get somebody from one of the Innocence Projects to have the time to come on our show. I mean, I had to make a million calls and just Mm -hmm. explain who we were and what we wanted. Um, But we did get somebody from the California Innocence Project to come on and talk about the real cases, one that's been exonerated and two that haven't been. And it it was really – it was a privilege for me to talk to them. That's great. Yeah. Well – I know that uh, you may not know this, but when um, before I retired, a few years before I retired, when I first met Barry Sheck, I told him that when I retire, I'll be happy to help out. I will not spend my time doing technical um, exonerations. In other words, if somebody there's a technical problem that that caused somebody maybe to get convicted when. I don't want to get people off on technology. No, tech- yeah, they're not about that at all. Right, right. right. But I would help if somebody if in actual innocence cases. And um, and then again, I met him shortly after I did retire. And I, I haven't worked with Barry, but I've worked with other um, independent innocence project lawyers and on two major cases, one of which um, we did get an exoneration. And mm-hmm. the other one, um, the guy actually got um, had finished his sentence. And we still filed about a 750-page um, affidavit on his behalf. I got a whole bunch of expert witnesses to also chime in, along with my affidavit and testimony. And unfortunately, um, what they ended up doing was they sent it back to the original judge, and he dismissed the case, our appeal, without opinion. Just dismissed it. I mean, it just makes absolutely no sense to me. But that is a case that that still bothers me, and and one day hopefully we can uh, cover that case as well. And that happens so many times. I mean, Laura has mentioned even in the Pistorius case that 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 things get sent back to the original judges, and they are under no there's no incentive for them to change what their original opinion was. Well, so it's why very is that bizarre? Happen? I mean, it, it is, and. Um, you know, certainly in the UK, we have a, a slightly different system that an appeal goes to, first of all, a single judge, and then it can be at the leave of application to appeal again. If it's if it wants to be challenged, then it goes to three judges, but it's not the same judge over and over. And it's certainly not the, the judge that presided over it originally. So with Pistorius, I mean, it's a, a very bizarre thing that Judge Masipa was the judge the whole way through. And, of course, she was never going to really go too wild off the mark of her original five-year sentence to, to the six-year because that would make her look kind of foolish. Yeah. It, it's really unbelievable that there isn't a rigid structure in which they have to then sentence him, for example, in Pistorius's case. The fact that she could deviate from what the sentence structure is, really, it makes no sense. I mean, why even give it to her if she can – why give her a range that he's supposed to get for this particular crime if she can deviate from it? Right. And, of course, the minimum was meant to be 15 years. That mm-hmm. was the starting point. So this case really sets a precedent in so many ways. And, of course, you know, it's been back in the news again mm-hmm. today um, with him being taken to hospital and this whole kind of 
I guess there's two sides to it. Some people think that it was because he had tried to self-harm and commit suicide, although his brother has said very clearly on Twitter, um, has put a post out saying, you know, that they've seen Oscar and he's doing well, he's in good spirit. It certainly wasn't a suicide attempt. Um, but it seems that he slipped in his cell. But it, it just seems even with some of the way, or certainly some reporters, the way they've reported on it is, you know, trying to garner sympathy. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, saying that, Reva Steenkamp, rather than using the word murder, um, you know, some are still saying that that she was killed rather than murdered. And I think, you know, we just need to make absolutely clear and yes. to the world that it was murder. And yeah. that wasn't the original charge, but that's what it should have been. And of course, that's why it ended up in the appeal courts again. Yeah, it was sent back as a murder charge. And just so our listeners know, a homicide is defined as one human being killing another human being. Some of those are legal killings. Some of those are illegal killings. A human being illegally killing another person is a murder. If somebody intentionally kills another person, it is a murder. And that is what Oscar Pistorius is guilty of. He has been convicted of that. He has been sentenced ridiculously Low After all his crime. antics of um, doing the ITV show, which I found staggering, as Lisa and I discussed whilst we, we were on the road, that they, I still feel that that was taken into consideration. And, you know, it's just quite staggering journalism, although it may not be seen as being totally biased. It's the fact that it gave him a platform right before the sentencing decision. Okay. But also... The whole antics about him getting up on the edges, on the ends of his stubs and and teetering around and all that kind of stuff. When the fact is, he said in his own testimony that he ran down the hallway from his bed to the bathroom area. He ran. He wasn't up on the ends of his stubs. He was using his knees to run with his stubs as st- stabilization behind his knees, bent at the knee. That is a much more stable platform, and it's the only way he'd be able to actually run. And that's his normal way of moving around. And, of course, that was not shown on the ITV program. And And that is just outrageous. Right. And the reason why he didn't give evidence at sentencing or he didn't make a statement was because he uh, apparently felt so depressed and and suicidal at that time that uh, a psychiatrist said that, you know, he wasn't capable of speaking in court, which, of course... Flies in the face. Because he was actually very calm, very cool, very collected, completely relaxed when he did the ITV special. Right. Right. So the timing of which. And, you know, how many other convicted murderers get that platform? And that's the anomaly for me. That's the the major problem with it. You start giving them all a platform right before sentencing. I mean, the same as OJ tried to do his little piece right right before sentencing. Why should they get the special treatment? Exactly. There's one other person, I think, who's done that. And after she was convicted, she held a press conference. You don't remember? She killed her boyfriend in the shower, supposedly in self-defense. Oh, you know what? I have This is a case I really don't know that much about. So go ahead. Yeah. So in the Jodi Arias case, after her conviction, almost immediately after her conviction, she called a press conference at the prison. And it's just unheard of that that... A prison would allow that to happen. So how does she manage to manipulate that? She, I've, I said during the entire pendency of her trial when she was testifying and so forth that I believe she is as much of a psychopath and as brilliant as Ted Bundy. 
she has charisma. She has this way of getting people to do what she wants to do. I have no question in my mind that she's running things in that prison right now, <laughs> that, that she has a whole cadre of people who protect her, who look out for her, who she makes feel, she makes them. Yeah, but what do they get out of it? I mean, what? Well, the connection to infamy. I mean, the she's an Im- notoriety. Yes. yes. And power um, and control. People are selling her. She's doing drawings and stuff. People are selling them on the outside. She's getting money. I mean, it's just crazy. Oh she's got a whole God. scam going. Power and, games and manipulation. Yes. Well, I know a lot of our listeners, you know, wanted us to dig into that case. So maybe that's something that we will do um, after this arc of cases. Right. I wanted to give one little shout out to our listener, Dean, who did post the Oscar Pistorius story today about his injury, self-inflicted or otherwise. So thanks, Dean, for posting that. Or did I they say not... what kind of injury it was? They said that he uh, apparently he slipped in his cell and has injuries to his wrists. They've been bandaged from the way that he, <laughs> he fell. He fell on his wrist? I, yeah. He slapped? What? <laughs> this makes no sense. Right. Apparently right. so. But yeah. Carl Pistorius is reassuring us all that he's doing well. Oh, good. And, you know, he's, gonna be, he's in good spirits. Okay. Let me just tell you something. There are certain injuries to the human body that people try to cover with excuses. All right? The way that the, the skull is shaped... It's very difficult to injure your eye without splitting your eyebrow, okay? Because of the way that that your face is structured, if you fall, your nose or your eyebrow will get injured before your eye will get injured. Designed that way so you can protect your eye. Exactly. A lot of people come in, whether it's through domestic violence or they're involved in some kind of a fight with a black eye, and they say they fell. They bumped into a door. They, you know, didn't turn the corner wrong. They fell down a stairway. But it's clear that because of the location of the injury and the lack of injury to the areas that are built to protect that area, you know they're lying. Well, the wrist is another thing, okay? On the inside of the wrist, it's very difficult to to fall and actually injure that part because you have hands, and the hands will naturally, reflexively go out to try to protect you. So if you injure your wrists in a fall, you should also injure your hands. So why aren't his hands bandaged as well? That's well, the it's, question a, it's I a good question. And the fact that Carpistorius makes such a point of putting a statement out and saying that he's in fine spirits and so on and so forth, it does beg the question of what yeah. really did go on there. Yeah. Anyway, oh, well, okay. the so- saga of... <laughs> Oscar Pistorius continues Never on, ending. yes, but Reba Steenkamp, yes, continues to be the victim in this case, and I don't think that she got the kind of justice she could have gotten or should have gotten by his just incredibly lenient sentence. Absolutely, her and Sam Taylor and other women who suffered at his hands as well. Mm-hmm. The, although Judge Masipa may not have placed too much weight in their accounts, I found it very bizarre you know for women who have never met each other to say very similar things about who he was and what he did and how he behaved with his coercive control so I know a lot of people you know did comment on um, the podcast that we did in particular when we looked at the whatsapp messages but those whatsapp messages really do provide a clear insight into the the what was starting to become a power imbalance in their relationship and it was seen with other women too it's a four month relationship yet she talks in those whatsapp messages about a pattern of behavior and the way that she talks about him 
you know, you don't want me to do this, you don't want me to do that, you don't want me, you get jealous for doing that. And belittling her and yeah. being that insidious little voice in her head about all the little things that, that she does she, she that undermines do right, her. Right? She's not in following his the eyes, script. his She's rules that he rules, lays exactly. down. And that's what coercive control is all about, the rule making. Mm-hmm. And they're rules that are never really discussed, but you know when you get them wrong. And that's when the problems begin, when someone starts challenging those rules. So... The fact she was probably trying to leave that night, that's the version of events, given that his does not make any sense at all, as Jim and I have gone through in detail, and that the devil's always in the detail with every case, behaviourally. You can tell a lot by normally the little things, but also sometimes what's not present as well as what is. So, ladies, what other cases do you want to discuss in the future? I mean, I know we've got a lot of suggestions from people in the audience and we really should start thinking about what we're going to do next. So I think there's probably still some mileage with um, the Nicole and Ron case and O.J. Simpson just because of the ESPN um, show that we haven't really discussed. And, of course, we've got two um, of the greats who worked on the O.J. Simpson case too and Ron and Nicole who said that they would be interested in coming on the podcast which could be quite interesting. Yeah, Dr. Henry Lee and, and Dr. Werner Spitz. Right, and both of them are friends and colleagues of ours and they both said that they would be willing to discuss it on the air with us. So there's some further insight that we'd like to add. So hopefully our listeners will jam with that and right. be interested in hearing just some of the other side to things that we haven't discussed. So I'm adding that. To, I'm making a to-do list right now. Okay, watch the ESPN OJ documentary. Check. Okay. And then what else? Well, a lot of people have talked about the Casey Anthony case. It's actually the Kaylee Anthony case. Exactly, the daughter. Yes, she was killed and her mother was tried for first-degree murder, but she was acquitted. I worked on that case. I consulted on that case as part of the Behavioral Analysis Unit, and I know it very well. And I do have some problem with how that case was charged and tried. Um, So I think that's one of the things we should also discuss. Right, and it's certainly been popular for some of our Twitter followers who have brought it up a number of times, um, along with um, two of the other shows that I've certainly seen and you know felt that there was probably a lot of content for us to discuss, which uh, one of them is The Jinx and Mm -hmm. the other Mm -hmm. is um, The Staircase, which The Staircase features... Our friends and colleagues, Dr. Henry Lee and Dr. Werner Spitz. Again, yes. Yeah, they keep coming back. (laughs) They do. Well, but um, I I have a specific connection to the Jinx case. One is that I was actually Andrew Jarecki's consultant on his first documentary, Capturing the the Freedmans. And um, so I know him. We actually invited him, and he came to a uh, FBI conference that we had on child sexual victimization um, back in 2004. Um, and also Kevin Hines, who was an attorney who was interviewed by Jarecki on, in the Jenks, actually is a very good friend of mine and, and a writing buddy of mine. Mm-hmm. So um, perhaps we can get him um, into this uh, studio and talk about the jinx with us. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's Kathleen Durst was the one of the victims in that particular case. Right. So, again, I have not watched that documentary, so add number two to the checklist. Watch the jinx, okay? Okay. okay. 
And the staircase murders, um, that is an interesting case. Um, I know Henry Lee and Warner Spitz were both involved in that case at some point, and they have interesting perspectives on it. I think Laura and I both have our own perspectives on it as well, and we should discuss that as well mm-hmm. in detail. But the other one I think we should also discuss is Missing Dial, which was on yes. Nat Geo. And um, Jim and I recently caught up with it, but it was also an XG Productions show. And mm-hmm. two of our colleagues were actually the investigators on it. And one of them is very keen on coming into the studio with us, Carson, um, and discussing the show, how it came about, and certainly the ending. So there was some yeah. very interesting twists and turns in that Absolutely. case. Absolutely. You would not believe, if you haven't seen it yet, we don't want to spoil it, but it's on Nat Geo channel, and it's six episodes, and it's about the search for a boy named Cody Dial who went missing in the jungles of Costa Rica. It is an incredibly enthralling case, and this series actually just takes you on a roller coaster ride. It's really amazing. But um, we'll see. I mean, Ken, I'm sure, will also want to come on. But uh, I know he still does a lot of work around the world. So he's not always in town. But if we can coordinate, maybe we can get both of them in the studio. If you didn't see it when it first aired, guys, um, I think you can still get it uh, on demand. And I think there are other platforms That's where you, you, can you can go still, on the Nat Geo website. On the Nat Geo and website. There's and certainly some um, interesting things and some insights that we provide that. Uh, some of which weren't actually in the show. So definitely watch it, and then we'll find some time to... Give you the behind the scenes. Exactly, the inside track. Yeah. So before we wrap up and we get to our wrecks, which we all have a unanimous wreck that we're going to wreck, I wanted to... um, I mentioned a little bit earlier about someone who had worked on the ITV Oscar Pistorius program. Tell us again what happened, um, Laura. This aired when? So the ITV program aired just literally a week before the sentencing of Oscar Pistorius. So he'd already been found, obviously, guilty of murder, and that was through the appeals court, and it was awaiting sentencing. And a UK former cop and investigative journalist, I guess he would call himself now, Mark Williams Thomas, interviewed Oscar Pistorius. And um, Lisa has received a very interesting email through to our Facebook account, which just gives some insight based on some of the things that we discussed and certainly the way that it was put together. Some documentary makers might say in terms of, you know, a one hour news piece, but actually it wasn't particularly biased. Um, I certainly have a different view on that, but I think it's a very interesting thing that one of those individuals who who worked on it um, took the time out to actually send an email and the things that they said were particularly interesting. So do you want to just yeah. give us a sense of what it was, Lisa? And of course we want to protect this person's identity for obvious reasons. So I'm going to try to really not zero in on who this person is. But um, in any case, they said that they worked on this ITV Oscar program. And while the morals of whether or not the program should ever have been made can be debated and were out of this person's control... Um, This person says that because they listened to our podcast as well as Serial and Undisclosed and Truth and Justice, um, that they pushed very hard for Reva to appear as a real person in the documentary, including hearing her voice and for the question of domestic abuse to be tackled and that this was informed by what this person had learned from our analysis. And while they had limited influence on the direction of the film and the constraints of fitting it into a 46-minute story, 
um, it meant a lot of things had to be skimmed over. Um, they feel that they did have a small contribution. It made some difference um, in the production of of the show, and that they had been educated on their misconceptions about domestic abuse, about that you know only dating somebody for four months was not enough time for there to be abuse. And they mm. learned, especially from Laura, that 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 this is not the case. So um, I don't want to go any further into this because it would identify this person. No. But you know, we really appreciate yeah. you reaching out to us and telling us that there are people who are trying to you know tell the truth in these kind of programs, and it and it can be very hard. It can be an uphill battle and to challenge try to... their own misconceptions. Right. I think we all have those things that little voice in our head that makes the judgment and actually you know I think that's uh, shows real insight and change and learning and shows how important our podcast is when we talk about real things that really matter to people right. and real victims not just entertainment and it's great that people are out there trying to push the envelope and get people to understand the victim's point of view because it is critical if you actually want to prevent these crimes from happening in the future. And stop the victim blame when they do happen, which is the thing that's so insidious that creeps in that, that happens inadvertently for a lot of people. Yeah. So I'm really grateful, you know, when people do email in and tweet, you know, we do read them and we do get a lot of messages and we really appreciate that interaction with our listeners. So keep your comments coming and your thoughts. You still have Great. to explain the Twitter to me. I, I still don't understand the Twitter. Every time I go on, I feel like I have to reverse engineer my mind to understand what's happening. But that's just me. Maybe you can teach me. Well, thank you very much for listening. And thank you, Lisa, for taking the reins while we were away for a month and a half. And we're very happy to be back here. And we can't wait because... Next week, we're going to have a new case that is really insidious, and it's been going on for a very long time. It has many twists and turns, and it's incredibly complicated. Laura and I hopefully will be able to help you understand the case called the Colonial Parkway Murders. This is a great time to take a break so we can talk a little bit about our sponsors. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all. Not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Before we sign off, do we want to do our recs? Yeah, I'm going to do one different because oh, I okay, know cool. that we were all on the same page with okay. one rec, so I've jumped into something else, and that is a Netflix show called Bloodline. Yes. Have you seen it? Oh, my God. Yes, I've seen both seasons. Okay, so I've only seen the first season, but I quite like the way that they put it together, and I certainly like the way that it started. So 
are it kind of harks back to a lot of the things that we talk about on the podcast. So it begins with a very eerie narration by John, and and he says this: Sometimes you know something's coming. You can feel it in the air, in your gut, and you don't sleep at night. The voice in your head is telling you that something is going to go terribly wrong and there's nothing you can do to stop it. That's how I felt when my brother came home. And it all unfolds from there. Wow. So it's great yeah. acting. Absolutely. And Ben Mendelsohn, who plays that brother, is incredible. I remember meeting him many years ago when he first came here from Australia and thinking this guy is really something special. And he I'm is. So he's glad very, he's... very talented. And, you know, that thing that it talks about, the kind of the gut instinct, mm -hmm. the intuitive sense that something's not quite right. And we talk about that with a lot of our cases. So I think, uh, you know, it, it is a great show. So if you Good haven't one. seen it yet, one, have Laura. a look. Well, I just recently found out about Marcella and I love it. I can't get enough of it. Uh, <laughs> it is, first of all, I think the way it's written, um, and having been a writer and producer on TV for a while now, I can kind of sort of see where some things are going and see right. some misleads coming, but I really think they're doing a great job of interweaving stories and introducing new characters in a way that you kind of like, what are they there for? And then all of a sudden it all makes sense. Right. It's really very complicated, and I love that. I mean, the wheels in my brain are spinning <laughs> yes, exactly. 100 miles an hour during that show, and I love it. It's just very well done, and I think it's it's unlike some, unfortunately, some um, cop shows from Great Britain. Sometimes I can't understand the accent. What do you mean, I, Jim Clemente? The British I accent. Yeah, I can't I get it. And do you mean like regional show, accents? Yeah, the north, yeah, regional, the Yorkshire, yes. the northern. Yeah. yeah, but in this show, I can understand everything that's said because it's so, in London. That's why you can understand it. Okay, but okay. I'm just telling you. I, okay. I'm so for our listeners who aren't from London, who aren't from the UK, who might also find cop shows from there, like The Fall. I mean, it, amazing shows. But there are some times where I can't understand. Mm -hmm. And and I think nuances are really important, you know, in language. So sometimes I can't understand it. But in this show, I found no problem at all with that. And I really love the characters. I li really love the story. So I hope you guys will love it, too. Yeah, Marcella, Marcella was also going to be my wreck. And uh, some of our Facebook um, readers know that we've been talking about this show, too. I binged it all in one night. I love Anna Friel. I love Nicholas Pinnock, if you guys um, know who he is from Other Rex. It's, it's a great show. And I want you to pay attention. One thing about the show that, that does not get mentioned in these shows that is so important is the costuming. The costuming in this show is fantastic. You cannot think about Anna Friel without her parka. I mean, right? <laughs> it becomes like another character. So I want to give a shout-out to the costumer. And uh, also, a lot of you have taken my rec for watching The Night Of... Um, if you have not checked out this HBO show, you must. It is amazing. And the cinematography, again, an unsung uh, credit to these shows. The cinematography is incredible. So we got a lot of great shows to watch. Yay. So, okay. And, and we'll have a lot of great episodes of Real Crime Profile coming up. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And we're signing off for now. 
So if you like our show and you want to help us out, there are a couple things you can do. First, you can go over to iTunes and leave us a positive five-star review. You can also like our Facebook page and join in on some great questions, comments, and conversations. We always love to hear from you there. You can follow us on Twitter. You can check out our sponsors. And most importantly, you can share us with friends, family, and anyone you know who's interested in real crime and the minds that solve those crimes. Thanks for listening. For advice or support, if you're experiencing stalking in the UK, you can contact Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 0207 840 8960 or go on the website www.paladinservice.co.uk. If you're experiencing domestic violence, call the National Domestic Violence Helpline free phone 0800-2247. In the US, if you're experiencing domestic abuse and need advice, shelter, safety or counselling, call the Genesis 24-hour hotline 214-946-4357 or go on the website www.genesisshelter.org or you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline on 800 799 Real Crime Profile is produced and edited by Paul Francis Sullivan, engineered by Jacob Moose Molin. Music is composed and performed by Simba Sumba. Logo art by Rob Cohen. Real Crime Profile is produced and recorded at Empire Studios LA by XG Productions. Real Crime Profile is distributed by Wondery. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. <laughs> Judy Justice, only on Freebie.